I boring you already? Yes. Welcome to this week, You Know the One Where. Are you super stoked, Stephanie? I'm always super stoked, Stevie. <laughs> I love alliteration. It just makes me feel so good. Oh, my God. oh yes, you do. Okay, so this week we are going... So what sad and sorrowful, sadistic story you have for me now, Stevie. <laughs> that was disturbing. So <laughs> this week we are traveling back in time. Very, 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 very far back in time. You gotta get back in time. <laughs> Guess no what... copyright because I say it. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what year? I'm gonna... Uh, 1846. Close. 1986. That was not close at all. Wait, 1986 is not very, very, very back in time. I hate you. I know. I just I get little pleasures in life, and that's one of them. <laughs> More than a hundred years off. What did I say? I don't even remember, but I just really like those jokes, the stupid dad jokes. I love it. <laughs> well, you are a stupid dad. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we are going to be discussing the story of Lewis Allen Harry Jr. Why does this guy get like six names? Well, first of all, he has three first names. <laughs> his whole name's his first names. So when I was writing this, it was hard to remember. Lewis Allen Harry. His first name's Lewis. His middle name's Allen. His last name's Harry. Wait, what's his full name again? I got, I got so lost in that. His name is... Lewis Allen Harry Jr. Okay. So, oh, so his middle name. So that's not all his first name. No. First name, okay, bitch. Second. I'm saying his, all of his names are first names. So it's not like he has a... Oh. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were saying they were all his first names. Like, okay, then what's his last name? Like, why, why didn't you include that in that, in all of that? And No, he has three first names. <laughs> this week in Stephanie Misunderstands Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum. <laughs> so... <laughs> So in writing this, I actually struggled because his first name's Lewis and his last name's Harry. So I kept calling him Larry. (laughs) That tracks. I get that. I can totally follow that wavelength. I had to do a control find and replace. (laughs) Replace all Larry's with Lewis. (laughs) We could just call him Larry. Yeah. And then everyone would be super confused. (laughs) Anyways. So this has taken us back to the 80s and just picture it. Far, far back in time. The power suits and the nice big hair, very voluminous. So, it's Monday morning, March 24th, 1986. We are in the great state of Arizona, in the town of Tempe. Picturing it? I am. I've heard it's very nice there. And it's really fucking hot. And it's March, and I'm guessing the temperature was like 97 degrees. Gross. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I don't know. But I think. <laughs> I hate it. But I, I hate it already. Yeah. Gross. Sorry, Tempe. I will not be visiting. <laughs> I will admire you from afar. Mm-hmm. It's Monday morning. People are going into work. This takes place at a place called Transamerica Title Insurance Company. So the workers are coming in. They're all ready for their Monday morning. They're like, fuck. I had a great weekend. Why am I here? <laughs> They're talking. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Every day. I think everyone on Mondays. And they're working at, you know, an insurance company. They're not, like, loving their jobs. <laughs> Unless they're just, like, really into insurance. Hey! I work in insurance, too, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we both work with insurance in some form. Or just and that's what I'm it. saying. Oh. Who, who has a job in insurance? <sighs> when I grow up, I want to be an insurance agent. 
hey, mine's an insurance crime, and you know, every little girl grows up to fight insurance crime. <laughs> Whenever I tell anybody about it, and and I say, oh, I work at insurance crime, you know, the sexiest crime there is, and they just give me this stare because nobody understands me. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. They're coming in. They just had their long, not a long weekend, a regular weekend. They are meeting in the break room, getting ready for their day. Um, this office was like a really small office. I think in one statement, it said that there were four employees, but I know it was like less than 10. They're all in the break room when Secretary Julie Williams walks up to the water cooler and they're chit-chatting and she fills up her water cup, takes a drink, and all of a sudden she says, oh my gosh, this tastes terrible. And she started to feel really sick, so she ran into the bathroom. And so a couple of other people's had taken a sip of their water too, but had spit it out because it tasted so bad. So they were really worried about Julie, so the office manager followed her into the bathroom and when she got in there, Julie was collapsed in the bathroom floor. So they're kind of confused what's going on. So they call 911. They tell them that the receptionist is passed out on the bathroom floor and she appears to not be breathing. (gasps) When paramedics arrive, they find that Julie was in cardiac arrest and had fallen into a coma. She was taken to the hospital where she died two days later and the cause of death was ruled as unknown by the doctors. So an autopsy was ordered. I'm going to venture a guess and say that the water had something to do with it, which sucks because water's supposed to be good for you. They tell you... (laughs) Don't drink soda. Don't drink anything carbonated. Don't drink anything sugary. Coffee can also hurt you. And so you think you're safe with water. <laughs> it was the water. No, actually, um, it wasn't the water. It was the paper cup. Just kidding. It was the water. I just, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just wanted, I wanted some suspense. It didn't get me on that one. <laughs> Damn it. The police arrive at the scene because, you know, obviously this is very suspicious. Two of the employees who actually took a sip of the water but luckily didn't drink it, they said that it tasted bitter, salty, and sulfuric. Luckily, they hadn't actually consumed enough for it to cause them to get sick or die, so Julie was the only casualty of the office. The body was taken to the Maricopa County Medical Examiner's Office. It was revealed that Julie died due to cyanide poisoning. It's always cyanide. Yeah. So the investigators were already suspicious at this time because, like, what the fuck is going on? This lady collapsed. These two people say the water is tasting terrible. They start investigating it. And then once this comes out, they are for sure this is a homicide investigation. So they just left that water cooler there and nobody else drank for it? Or did they take it right away? So I think they didn't really explain it. But I think, first of all, all of the office workers knew that it was the water. They actually told the investigators that they were pretty sure that that was what was going on because she got sick so fast and the other two tasted it. So I think they told the police. So everyone in the office just was not drinking at that time Mm -hmm. and they knew something was up. And then the police came and talked to them and were like, okay, something's off here. So then they shut down the kitchen and made it a crime scene and started investigating the crime scene. So they didn't know it was a homicide at this point, but they were looking into it and collecting evidence. The detective comes in and he starts looking around. Obviously, they told him that they think it's the water. So he went and he poured himself a cup of water and he just took a big shot of it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how he did how he tested it. He didn't even have an intern do it because those guys are expendable. (laughs) No, he's just like, let me try. I'm strong. I can do anything. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, (laughs) he sniffed it and he was like, hmm, this smells like burnt almonds. It smells like cyanide. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so so, suspected it. (laughs) (laughs) So he knew the water was contaminated. And so then he started looking around at other 
areas in the kitchen. And so he pulled off the coffee pot. No one had made coffee that yet that morning, luckily. And in the bottom, there was like a crystallized white substance that it looked like had been poured in there with water and then the water evaporated in the coffee cups. It was all in the bottom of all the coffee cups and it was found in the creamer container. So they were like, okay, definitely someone was trying to murder someone, if not all of them. Yeah, that you don't murder just one person by poisoning that many things that everybody drinks or everybody uses. You're trying to poison the whole office at that point. Exactly. Thank God I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that at my job. <laughs> just don't drink out of the water coolers. You can drink out of the water thingies. I didn't think about that. Oh, we don't have a water cooler like that. It's just hooked up to the water in the building. Yeah. So unless... and it filters. So boom. And just don't be the first to drink it. <laughs> let the let the guy you don't like go first. <laughs> Let's be like, hey, so and so, you wanna taste this water for me? <laughs> it smells I'm weird. Known pretty weird at the office. This wouldn't actually phase them. It smells really weird, so taste it. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'm one of the people that can detect cyanide with my nose, and I'll just sniff the water before I drink it every morning. Oh, we will get to those fun facts. So now the police are like, obviously this was a homicide, but who was it intended for? So first they're like, well, maybe the whole office was the intended target. So they talk to the office manager and she swears up and down that there's no scorned employees. There's nobody that they recently fired. There's nobody that she could even think of that would want to kill the entire office. They, they kind of get nothing from that until they start talking to the other employees and they find someone who works there. Her name's Sandra Harry. And she said that she thinks that she was the intended victim. The woman who died. No. Sandra Harry. Oh, Julie died. Julie died. Julie died. Julie Williams died. Sandra Harry was one of her coworkers. So when the police were interviewing the coworkers, they ended up interviewing Sandra Harry. And then Sandra Harry was all like freaking out. And she had called her husband to the scene to come and like stay with her because she was like really, really freaked out about what was going on. And she said that she thinks that she was the intended target because that Friday night, she thinks someone was trying to poison her. So on Friday night, she got home from work and she was hanging out with her husband and they were having a good night. And so she went to pour herself some scotch. And when she took a sip, her lips and mouth started burning. And so she all of a sudden felt really sick and threw the scotch out and then went to bed and was sick all weekend. So she sees what happens to Julie and she, you know, remembers back to what happened on Friday. And she's like, this something isn't right. Like someone's trying to poison me. Then the police decide to talk to... Sandra's husband, Lewis, who Sandra had brought because she was scared and she just wanted him to come for moral support. So then police talked to Lewis, who came to comfort his wife, and he's looking in the kitchen and he's pissed. He's like, someone's trying to kill my wife. The police are like, yo, get out of the crime scene. We need to talk to you. And he's like, okay, what's up? They ask him who he thinks would be trying to kill his wife. And he says that he thinks it's this man named James Landry, who is a delivery driver. So he thinks this because he has been receiving death threats in the mail, letters in the mail from this man named James Landry, and the death threats were to him and his wife, Sandra. So the reason that this guy was sending them death threats is because Lewis had helped James Landry's girlfriend, Tina. So Lewis and Sandra were married. Lewis worked at a community college as an athletic equipment manager where he met this woman named Tina. Tina was a community college student. I don't know exactly how they met. They met somehow and Tina confided in Lewis saying that her boyfriend, James Landry, was violent, angry, and had a hot temper and she was very scared of him. So Lewis offered to help Tina by filing a harassment injunction. So I think he helped Tina fill out the forms and stuff so that she could get this injunction against James so he could leave her alone. 
Mm. So he said that James was mad at him because he got involved and then he wanted revenge. So he wrote these death threat notes saying like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your wife. I'm going to take away the person that you love. And so police are like, great, this is a great lead. Let's look into it. Obviously, she had that weird reaction on Friday and she was sick all weekend. So it made sense that she may have been the target. So they ask Lewis to bring in the scotch bottle as well as the death threat letters. So he brings those into the police. There were seven letters total, four handwritten and three typed letters. And the letters all threaten Lewis and his wife and saying that, like I said, he wants to take away the person that Lewis loves as he did to James. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So police look at the scotch bottle and they find that the scotch bottle in fact has sodium cyanide in it. So they know that her scotch bottle and the water cooler incident is linked. They bring James Landry in for questioning and James admits that he was angry at Tina and Lewis, but he would not threaten them and he would not poison them. Well, my question is, how does a random, what was it, athletic equipment manager help a random girl in community college, like even if she was an athlete? Yeah. I don't know. No, that's I a- smell an affair. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> James is like, no, why would I do this? I don't even know that in that insurance place even exists, blah, blah, blah. So then the police bring out the letters and James is like, okay, well, I'm sorry, I lied. I did write the some of those letters and I, yeah, I was mad and I was threatening Lewis, but I wasn't threatening them because he helped her get this harassment injunction against me. I was mad because after they got this harassment injunction against me, they started an affair. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jake Peralta on the job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nine, nine. <laughs> nine, nine. So police are like, oh, okay. But then as he's looking over the letters, James is like, okay, I wrote these four letters, the handwritten letters, but I didn't write the three typed letters. What? Who would have (laughs) thought? Yeah, which makes total sense. Why would you go from handwriting letters to typing letters? Because, you know, coincidentally, you wouldn't be able to necessarily tell if the typewritten ones or computer written ones were the same. Wow, I really lost track of that sentence. <laughs> also, they didn't have a computer. They had a fucking, like, typewriter type thing. It was 86. It was a century ago. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they had computers then, didn't they? Yes, they had They just were common. They, and that's the whole thing. He works at community college. They didn't have... Exactly. <laughs> computers. They didn't have computers. He didn't, at it's least. It's another clue. He's an athletic equipment manager. I don't think he needs a computer. <laughs> Maybe the computers were running for the track team. <laughs> I just got a picture of a computer doing pole vault. <laughs> okay, so James is like, yeah, I wrote these. I was mad. They're having an affair, whatever. But still, I did not write those three typed letters. And also, why would I go to this random ass insurance company and poison everyone when A, I didn't know it existed and B, I don't care that much about his wife, Sandra. I'm mad at him. Yeah, you'd have to research Harry Larry Lewis guy and then you'd have to find out about his wife and then you have to research his wife and they don't have computers <laughs> how would he figure out where she were there's no there's no social media to keep track of them no snapchat location <laughs> no so police decide that this is their opportunity to question Tina and see if the affair claim is actually valid now police did not stop looking at James at this time. They thought he was a very viable suspect, so they wanted to check out what he said in case he was telling the truth. 
So they bring in Tina and they ask her about the affair and she openly says, yep, we were having an affair after we worked on the harassment paperwork together. They started a romantic relationship and he told Tina that he would leave his wife Sandra and they would get divorced and then he would marry Tina. And so they asked Tina, like, do you think that he would try to kill his wife to be with you? And Tina was like, no, there's no way he wouldn't do that. But James might. So she's saying, I, I, I think it was James. She says that she thinks it's James because James is a hot tempered, hot-headed asshole and that he has been stalking her and Lewis and that when they are together, he drives by the house and like stares at them from his car and is all creepy. But hot-headed people don't poison. Exactly. Poison takes patience and sneakiness. Yeah. This is when police were like, yeah, something's not right here. Yeah. Either she's misjudged it or she's in on it. So police go back to the drawing board and when they're talking to the office manager, she confirms that the poisoning had to have happened over the weekend because on Fridays they clean the break room. So they clean out the coffee pots, the coffee cups, they leave them drying for the next week. She's like, there's no way that this was poisoned, A, because we drank water and coffee all last week and never had a problem and everything was cleaned on Friday. So something had to have happened in the weekend. Yeah. And the poisoning happened at like eight in the morning. So unless someone got there like super early. So somebody would have had to come in right before everybody got there or right as everybody got there or during the weekend, maybe broke in somehow. Exactly. So they're casing out the building to see if someone could just walk in and they can't. Everyone has magnetic key card access. So they're like, great, we're going to look into the magnetic key card access, see if anyone would have come into the office on that Saturday. They talk to the office manager again and she says there are people who come in on Saturday, but it's the cleaning crew and then construction workers who are working on the building. So the police go and talk to the cleaners and the construction workers and they're like, no, why? Doesn't make sense. There's no reason why they would. So they wait for the records to come in. Once they finally do come in, they find out that the only magnetic key card that was used was Sandra's, Lewis's wife. Ah, the intended victim. Otherwise, I was going to say James Landry, I guess it sucks that he's a delivery guy because that's somebody who could easily get into a building like buzz and oh, I got a delivery or hey, hold that door. There's some people are going to let him in. Mm-hmm. So like that is plausible that he could get in anywhere, really. But also, if your wife works there and you're trying to poison her, then yeah, just grab her key card and go in. Exactly. So then they go and they talk to Sandra and they say, your key card was used to get into the office on Saturday. Did you go in? And she's like, no, I was fucking sick. No one had my key card. And they ask if she still has it. And she says, yes, it was in my purse. It's been in my purse all weekend. So if James did this, this is what he would have had to do. He would have had to break into the Harry's residence. Then he would have had to poison the scotch bottle, which was Sandra's drink of choice. Then he would have had to grab her key card, leave, go into the building on Saturday morning, poison the water cooler and all the other shit, and then get out of the building, return to Sandra's house, return the key, and then leave without anyone noticing anything. And she was homesick all weekend. Yeah. Or possibly even break in twice other than that, because like maybe if it were him and, and he poisoned the scotch, oh crap, it didn't work. Break in again to go grab the key. Okay, I'll do it this way instead. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense. Exactly. So they're like, it's possible, but it's very unlikely. So now they're focusing all their attention on Lewis because he's the only person that makes sense and he's the prime suspect at this time. They get a search warrant for Lewis's home as well as his office at school. And while they are at his office, they find some papers on the shelf and they're looking through all the papers and they find handwritten drafts of the threatening letters that were typed and sent (laughs) to Lewis. (laughs) He needed to draft his threat. Come on, dude. At least burn those afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, he's really bright. 
you really need a draft to write a threatening note. I guess I would do that, so I can't really judge. Well, it's just so strange. I mean, and like I said, it's not computers. Like, you can't type in erase. It's a typewriter kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you have to get it right the first time. <laughs> oh, because typewriter, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yep. Then they are looking through his possessions in his office and they find in the trash a label of poison it's like a it's from this chemical company and it says like poison do not ingest blah 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 and then they're looking through his file cabinets and they find a catalog for this chemical company that poison label was from and that catalog had sodium cyanide in it okay would it be weird if i asked you if there was a way that we could get that just so i could find out if i'm one of the people that can smell it we're 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 gonna chat about that (laughs) Okay. The school confirmed that there was no way that he could have gotten the cyanide at the school. Like, there wasn't in the chemistry lab. It wasn't, he couldn't have gotten it. So Mm. they're like, okay, he must have ordered it through this company. So then they're looking through and they find traces of cyanide pretty much all over his office. On the shelves, there's like a knife in his office that has it in it. And so they're like, okay, well... We can't jump to conclusions. Maybe someone's... But he was clearly... What the conclusion they can jump to is that he was handling cyanide or somebody was handling Mm -hmm. cyanide in his office. Yes. And they didn't want to jump to conclusions because maybe if they're right, James is setting him up. You know, James is trying to make him look like he's the murderer. So they're like, we need more evidence. They go to the cyanide company from that catalog. It's obviously not a cyanide company. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. <laughs> it's a chemical company that sold the cyanide. They ask them for their sales records and they go and they find that a African-American man named Charles Hawley had come and picked up the sodium cyanide and he had signed off on the order form. Now, our Lewis is African-American, and so they just were wanted to check if this Charles Hawley existed, and he did exist, and he was an African-American man. So they asked him, hey, did you order the cyanide? And he's like, um, absolutely not. I don't order cyanide. And then they asked him if this was his signature, and he showed them, no, that's not my signature. Someone else is pretending to be me. So they're like, okay, something's not right. Like, we know that this is... Somebody was impersonating you. Yes. And his description matched Lewis. So they're like, okay, Uh I think that... We're getting somewhere. And then finally, a construction worker who was working that weekend came forward and said that he saw someone, an African-American male, walking into the building and he didn't have key card access, not the African-American man, the construction worker. He didn't have key card access because he was working with like a group of people and I think like not all of them had a card to get in. So like while his construction people were on the inside, he couldn't get in. So he asked this guy if he could come in with him. And the guy was like, yeah, sure. And so he saw this guy go in and he saw that he was driving a blue sports car. So he told this to police and police asked him to describe the man and he described Lewis and the sports car that Lewis owned. So they were like... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if conspiracy upon conspiracy that this guy has just the shittiest luck, yes, that is possible, but probably not. (laughs) Yeah. So they're like, okay, this is enough. We have enough on him. We are going to arrest him. So he's arrested and charged with one count of first degree murder for the murder of Julie Williams and four counts of attempted murder. Two counts for the two workers who sipped the water but spit it out. One count for attempting to kill Sandra as she was the intended victim of the water cooler poisoning. And then one count of attempted murder for Sandra of the scotch poisoning. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But this is still all technically circumstantial. Yeah. Yep. But it's a really strong circumstantial case. Now, part of it is they found Lewis's prints all over the scene, but he was there touching shit when they got there. 
So it was explained away, but I mean, I think when you add all this up, it just makes more sense. I mean, for me, beyond a reasonable doubt, I don't think the jury could say that it wasn't beyond a reasonable doubt. I think that the prosecution was able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Lewis did it. Because he has the motive and there's all of this stuff around it. And I don't even know what could, what they could do that was more than circumstantial unless like his prints were found on the bottle of cyanide that they could prove was the bottle that the cyanide came mm-hmm. from that was used in the water cooler and in the scotch. Yep. And they, they didn't have that. So on December 17th, 1986, a jury found Lewis Allen Harry Jr. guilty on all charges. In January 1987, he was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Julie Williams and 105 years in prison for the four counts of attempted murder. Now, the death penalty was on the table, but the defense was able to provide mitigating evidence to get him, not get him the death penalty, so he was just sentenced Mm. to life. And the mitigating evidence was like he was an upstanding citizen, and he worked with these community organizations, and blah, 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 and the prosecution did not think that that was mitigating enough, but the judge did. Fair enough. Yes. I mean, not fair enough, I just don't really believe in the death penalty, so. Well, and... And the judge said that he wanted him to serve his life sentence plus the 105 years consecutively to Ooh. ensure that he would never get out of jail. Yeah. He's eligible for parole after 95 years, but he was 36 when this happened, I think, or 33. Oh, shit. 95 years? <laughs> so, wait, you he ain't get now. Unless you become, like, in, immortal. I'm like, trying to think <laughs> of that word. <laughs> so, his wife, actually, Sandra, believed he was innocent until even like a year after the trial. She stood by his side. She protested his innocence until her brother was in their attic one day and found a box of cyanide. (gasps) Wait, how how did they never search the house? I think that they did and they just, it was in like a weird- They missed it? I don't know, I'm guessing. Now that, okay, so one other thing about this case that was kind of frustrating is that there's, in the 80s, I guess they did a lot of- (laughs) reporting on the beginning of what happened before any information from the police is given and then the sentencing and then the court case. But they don't actually talk about what the court said, what evidence they had. I mean, literally, if you look at news records, there's like barely any and they don't cover how he was found guilty. So I, I found a couple of sources, TV shows that I could go off of and they were pretty much aligned. Now, the cyanide in the attic was only in one of them and it was this forensic it was, it's like Forensic Files. It's called The New Detectives. Case Studies and Forensics, I think. It can't all be proven because I tried. I looked for court records. I looked for transcripts. I looked for anything and there was just nothing. So wow. for the most part, it seemed straightforward. However, in both of the documentaries or you know shows, I guess they changed Sandra's name. Really? Yeah. She was Linda in one of them and then like Diana in the other one or Diane. Wow. She just might have wanted to protect her privacy at yeah. that point. I mean, it's all over the internet, but I'm guessing for people who aren't going to look into it. But I I mean, if you look online, her name is all over the internet of the like seven, <laughs> you know, news reports. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was in the 1980s. It was 1980 and 1986. So, or 1986 and 1987. So there's not a ton out there, but yeah, she is said. So if you ever watch a documentary on her, you're probably going to have a lot of different names, just like him. <laughs> Matches her husband, her it- murdering husband. Exactly. So he's in jail dealing with his shit. (laughs) So I thought for our ending, for our fun fact extravaganza, we could talk about cyanide. My favorite subject, poison. (laughs) Really? So, well, one of them. I really think that it's fascinating. Also, last week, you know, I studied 
antifreeze poisoning. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And now this week, it's like, ooh, cyanide. And so the internet is like, wow, girl, you're trying to poison someone. (laughs) Your browsing history has been tagged. (laughs) Which is fine by me, because I like to learn things. So let's talk about some cyanide. First, I googled cyanide to kind of just see what came up. And (laughs) I came to this page that said, buy sodium cyanide on Amazon. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? Like real (laughs) sodium cyanide. So I clicked on it and it said that you could get it by Christmas. And I was like, perfect time to poison someone. (laughs) That holiday rush, man. (laughs) Yep. Get your entire family all in one fell swoop. If you missed your time during Thanksgiving, you've got Christmas right around the corner. Exactly. Was it on Black Friday? (laughs) 70% off. (laughs) So I was like, weird. Okay. And then I was looking for reviews and there weren't any. And I was like, oh, I wish someone would tell me their story about how they killed their entire family. (laughs) And then I looked at the description and it turns out it's labels for (laughs) sodium cyanide boxes. (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused. Like you think they would I mean I can I can think of like maybe a theater company, somebody putting on a play or oh, or film or something. I, I could maybe see. But you think your sodium cyanide would already have warnings. It basically <laughs> says like it's flammable and it's toxic and what to do. <laughs> but for a second I was like, oh no, you can get it on Amazon. <laughs> but God. turns out you can't get everything on Amazon. Now that we're past that you can't actually buy it, <laughs> let's talk about it. So, sodium cyanide is a white crystalline or granular powder. It is water-soluble, and it is odorless until it is mixed with water. And that's when it gets that bitter almond smell, or other people say musty old sneaker smell, which, identical sense. (laughs) Can you tell if it's a bitter almond or a musty pair of sneakers? No, you can't. I don't know. Let me taste my sneakers. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I looked into, because as you know, only some people can smell cyanide. It's a gene. And so it said that 20 to 40% of the population do not have the gene that allows them to smell cyanide. And I want to know so bad if I have this gene. I want Yeah, to is there like another way you can tell besides actually having to sniff cyanide? And I was like, I want to I want to smell it, but I don't want to smell enough that it will kill me. <laughs> I don't think any you can you get killed if you smell it. <laughs> um, bitch, get ready. Yes, you can. What? Yep, here we go. Here we go. I thought the same exact thing. I was like, you know what they should do at the science museum? They should put a cup of cyanide and be like, can you smell it? And then you learn about science. But then I, I was like, at the cyanide museum at first. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> no. So when sodium cyanide comes in contact with water, even through water in the air, air particles, it releases a hydrogen cyanide gas, which interferes with your body's ability to use oxygen. Exposure to sodium cyanide can cause death instantly. Sodium cyanide is used commercially for fumigation, electroplanting, extracting gold and silver from ores, and chemical manufacturing. All right. So thanks to the CDC, I am now the most knowledgeable person on this podcast about (laughs) cyanide. (laughs) You're the most knowledgeable person on this podcast about a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so mainly it is water reactive and absorbs water from particles in the air, which turns it into that toxic gas. So it's not poisonous until it mixes with like anything, but mainly (laughs) air, water in the air. And so so, hopefully you sniff it on a dry day, but it doesn't smell. It's odorless until it mixes with water. Okay. So hopefully, so we have to make sure we're in a very humid room, (laughs) (laughs) but like have gas masks on or something. Right. Who knows? 
The reason it becomes poisonous is because it decomposes in acids, salts, water, moisture, and carbon dioxide, which causes it to produce that toxic and flammable hydrogen cyanide gas. So, it is also explosive when reacting with certain acids in, and peroxides. Ooh, fun. So fun. It's basically a gremlin, but ten times worse. <laughs> any, any amount of water, and it's fucking over. What happens if you feed it after midnight? <laughs> I, I don't think everyone lives long enough to find out. <laughs> Sodium cyanide can be inhaled, released through indoor and outdoor air, put in water or food, and it can be released into outdoor air and then contaminate crops. What? Oh, wow. It was used in World War I as <gasps> a chemical weapon. No. Yes. By who? By us? Probably by um, us. I don't know. <laughs> didn't. <think. laughs> I just got the fun fact and I didn't want to look into it further. Because when you look into oh. Agent Orange, you never want to look into anything about war again. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't doubt that for a second. So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, leave that. <laughs> leave that on that shelf. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I can't get there mentally. I will never come out of the depression. I don't blame you. Fun fact. Low levels of cyanide are found in living organisms and are present in cigarette smoke, vehicle exhaust, and in foods such as spinach, bamboo shoots, almonds, lima beans, fruit pits, and tapioca. I ate spinach today. Well, bitch, you dying. <laughs> I'll feel so good. <laughs> yeah, so you know, like, um, cyanide is in the seeds of apples. Yeah, but you have to eat a lot mm -hmm. of apple seeds. That's the whole thing. Like, all of these things have it, but not in high enough dose. I think it's mm -hmm. more because it's not concentrated. That makes sense. You can be poisoned by sodium cyanide by ingestion, inhalation, skin contact, or eye contact. Oh my god, if you make eyes at cyanide, you <laughs> literally as soon as, over. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh shit, I gave her... <laughs> I gave her a low hanging. Yeah, you can't give. You can't make it that easy, man. <laughs> okay, so like you made earlier, you can't die from smelling it. No, bitch, you can die from smelling it. So I have to just sniff quickly when I'm trying to figure out if no, I can smell it. No, you just don't sniff it. It's not worth it. <laughs> like, I want to know. Then get a DNA test and be like, hey, do I have this gene? I'm guessing it's a lot easier than trying to kill yourself. Is that included in 23andMe? I think so. <laughs> Can I smell cyanide? <laughs> I don't really care about my ancestry. Just can I, I smell cyanide? I don't know why I'm Southern, but it happened. Because I want to know so bad. Also, so bad. what does cilantro taste like to me? <laughs> well, that one I can do. I know, me too. It tastes like goodness and, and yummy. It tastes like soap and shit. You are wrong, and you are always have been wrong, and I lost all of my grammar. <laughs> Okay. So signs and symptoms of poisoning occur rapidly following exposure. Symptoms can occur within seconds and death can occur within minutes. It is one of the most rapidly acting <laughs> poisons. Is it accurate? You know, like in the movies when like the spy gets taken and they've got the pill and they're like, ah, and then they like, ah, and then they bubble out the mouth, they foam out the mouth and it's like, oh my God, he had a cyanide pill in his tooth. Because <laughs> like they were like compromised and like you kill yourself so you don't compromise your country. Is that accurate? Do you foam at the mouth you when not. you ingest cyanide? You do vomit. So maybe. That's not the same as foaming at the mouth. <laughs> no. Well, you, I mean, maybe if you didn't eat anything all day and all you have in there is bile. <laughs> Who knows? 
But no, it's not like that. But it is that Ugh, fast. So once again, the movies have given me false ideas of the world. Well, my whole thing is like, okay, you have a cyanide capsule. If it touches any water, you'd it'd have to be in like a steel container in your lip. Because <laughs> it would break down. <laughs> I did not think of it that way. I mean, it'd be a great tactic. I don't think it's a fun way to die. So let's talk about the symptoms. So the symptoms are lightheadedness. Not foaming at the mouth. Feeling <laughs> that is not a symptom. <laughs> First symptom, not foaming at the mouth. Okay, got it. So, shit. Right now, you are not foaming at the mouth. Does that mean you are being poisoned by cyanide? No, because here are the rest of the symptoms. Okay. Lightheadedness, feeling of suffocation, confusion, vomiting, convulsions, coma, cardiac arrest, skin discoloration due to oxygen deprivation. So, basically, you feel like you're choking when you can breathe. So that's basically how I feel every time I have a crush on someone. Uh, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I think that's anxiety. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Next up on one, you know the one where, you know, we find out the differences between anxiety and cyanide poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes. And the fatal dosage is as small as 200 to 300 milligrams. I, I, that means nothing to me. I don't know how much that is. Okay. How much is an ibuprofen pill usually? 500 milligrams. So smaller than an ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. Did you just make that up? No, I'm pretty you sure. You said this so confidently. Hold on one second. I'm pretty sure. Okay, sorry. Okay. I lied. It's 200 so, milligrams is in ibuprofen. So one ibuprofen pill. Okay. So one ibuprofen sized pill of cyanide could kill ya dead in an instant. In a motherfucking instant. That's really scary. Now, (laughs) do you snort when you're scared? Do not put that in. (laughs) That is 100% going in. I don't know. I don't know who you think I am. (laughs) I also learned, I, you know, studied the CDC website on cyanide and I learned how to decontaminate an individual who has been exposed to cyanide. Oh, okay. Okay, good. So please tell me how you're going to save me one day. Yeah. So if you get contaminated, I'm your girl. Or the CDC, whichever you prefer. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can get to me in Illinois from Minnesota way faster than the CDC can get to me. Yeah, because they're in those big suits and it takes a while to walk down. (laughs) (laughs) What's the thing from Monsters Inc? 2019! 2619! (laughs) Anyway, please tell me how you can decontaminate me. Well, basically, you make them take off all of their clothes. Step one. Sounds like you're just trying to seduce me. And then you make sure all of their wounds are sealed and covered. And then you bring them to orgasm. <laughs> Ew! I'm talking about decontaminating someone who is about to die from cyanide poisoning. This is so not dirty. You're the one who took all my clothes off. I Because I'm trying to save you. Okay, 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 okay. So you take off all my clothes. You, <laughs> you make. <laughs> I'm not gonna get through this. You make sure all my wounds are closed. Yes, because what we're gonna do is we're going to give you a shower. We're going to take water, spray it at you, and from our in our suits, we're gonna take a long brush and we're gonna start from your head and we're gonna brush you all the way down so that none of the cyanide. You know, if you start from the bottom, you're just gonna be pushing cyanide all over the place. You gotta start from the head and just brush. Brush, but you don't want to break the skin. If you break the skin, you might kill the person. See, I knew you were messing with me, but then you kept going. And I'm like, not oh, messing with you. It's not a joke. I'm... And now you know you're messing with me. I swear to God, I'm not messing with you. Oh my God, I don't know what's real. That's, that's real. <laughs> yes, but obviously it's the CDC doing it to you, not me. But yes, they put you in a tent, a hazmat tent, 
You're lying to me. That is not how they do it. Yes. I ingest I ingest cyanide and you give me a really rough shower. Well, this is more of you. you better be fucking giving me an <laughs> orgasm by the end of it. Oh, no. This is if it, you get contaminated with it. Like if it's World War and someone sprays. Okay, so it's in the air. Yes. You've been contaminated. If it's in your body, there's, we'll get to what if it's, if you consume it. Okay. We were not on the same page. So if it's in the air and on your body, too bad people can't see the um, emotions I'm making, (laughs) then you scrub a dub dub until Mm -hmm. you're no longer dead. Yep. Except for you still might die, but maybe not. Okay. There are a couple of antidotes for if you are poisoned with cyanide. Ingesting it. Ingesting. Someone put it in your water or your food or, you know, it happened accidentally. Down your throat. Thought it was ibuprofen. Exactly. So there's amyl nitrate, sodium nitrate, sodium thiosulfate, which, you know, we all carry around in our purses just I was going to make the same damn joke. (laughs) And also, it's like our episode last week, like, you need to know that you ingested cyanide before and you're probably passed out, you know, can't communicate with anyone. So it's like, you're going to (laughs) die. Love it. If you ingest it, you're done. If you come in contact with it. But the thing is, so it's highly flammable and you can't put water because water makes more of the gas. Oh, so you can just burn it out of us. (laughs) I'll just swallow a mash. No, 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 no. I was just saying because it's flammable when it reacts with acids or waters or peroxides. I think most of the CDC issues were if like a train with it on it or something happens where it gets into the air. Like this is how you're supposed to help people. Basically how the CDC is supposed to, what their actions are supposed to be. If you get into a train crash and all of a sudden it lights the cyanide on fire, you have to like figure out a way to put out the fire. And most of it, if it's a big fire, if you add water, it's just going to make more fumes and make more gas, which is more flammable. So like a grease fire, you got to put it out with flour. Yep. They say sand. They say you can put it out with a foam, but you're not supposed to like push direct water on it. It basically smothers it. It gets rid of the oxygen. Yeah. Which would also help the cyanide stop cyanide thing yep that's the scientific term (laughs) so yes now we know how to combat cyanide i feel so prepared for the workplace (laughs) which is you can't combat it you're gonna die yeah and i mean if you're not scared about nuclear war think about chemical war because like it's still an option (laughs) (laughs) life is that much terrible oh i love it all right well that's all i have for you this week I was almost, as you were bringing me down through this ride, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, it's at a workplace. Somebody's trying to kill everybody in the workplace. Mm Because, I mean, I said it earlier, like, oh, you do that much. You're really Mm -hmm. trying to kill everybody. And clearly I was wrong. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those times it was actually an outside person trying to kill one person. Yeah. But last quarter, my job, we have a quarterly meeting Mm -hmm. at the end of each quarter. And they tell us how our company's doing all that jazz that nobody understands. But we sit through it and it's all fun and games. And at the end, they had us watch this video on how to react during a active shooter Ooh, fun and well and so we watched it whatever great advice it's all scary yeah and i'm sitting there and they're telling us after they're debriefing us and they're saying how if you are feeling threatened by anybody outside or you think anybody might be following you to like let compliance and security know so that they know who to look out for and all this and i'm an asshole and i'm just sitting there with this grin on my face i leaned to my friend and i was like i wonder if they realize that the chances of it being an outside person's pretty slim if anybody's (laughs) gonna shoot up a workplace it's gonna be one of us it's going to be an employee and she looked at me with the biggest eyes because she hadn't realized (laughs) 
It's very rare. It does happen, but it's very rare. But in this case, it was a random person and they used and, cyanide. Well, and that's the whole thing. Like the prosecutor said that he had ice in his veins and that he like... They couldn't believe that he was so fucking careless if everyone, he didn't care about anyone but himself. Yeah, that he was okay for that collateral damage was worth it to him, that other people could die just trying to kill his wife. Exactly. So the woman who died, I'm going to go into her a little bit because she seems like an angel, of course. Yeah. This asshole took everything away from her just exactly. because he was being an asshole. Exactly. So just that's... leave your wife. Just leave her. It sucks. Mm-hmm. You're still an asshole. You're still a jerk for leaving your wives, but don't kill people just because you want to get your nut off with someone else. I totally agree. I don't really, I don't get it. It's just ugh, so fucked up. So let's forget about Lewis Allen, Harry Larry, bitch face motherfucking <laughs> piece of shit. Okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to pretend he doesn't exist. Amen, sister friend. Because he don't matter no more. No. So Julie Williams, the sweetest, beautiful human I've ever heard about. She was 46 when she passed away. She was a single mom. Oh, shit. Yes. And so luckily her kids were all older. They had left the nest, but still. She had three daughters. And when she passed away, she had recently gotten divorced. She moved from Fresno, California to Mesa, Arizona with her three daughters. And her daughters called her a Carol Brady type mom. She made all of their clothes. And when they went to dances, she made their prom dresses. And so once the kids grew up and were starting to leave the house, she knew that she really needed to find something for herself. So she got a job as a receptionist at that insurance company. She was responsible for processing paperwork. And when when she started working, her kids said that she gained a lot of self-confidence and the death destroyed her children. The girls loved her so much. They said that she was the best mother you could ask for. They said that they missed the feeling of knowing that there's someone there who loves you unconditionally. Wow. Yep. So they're all just so sad because not only did she die because someone else wanted to kill someone else, like she wasn't even the intended target. It was just so needless. Yeah. Absolutely needless. Yeah. And I know that murder is always needless, but when it's so unexpected and so random, these girls were probably like, what the actual heck is going on? Yeah. It's out of true selfishness Mm -hmm. that she was taken away from them. Yep. They were just very cute. And I can't imagine anything harder than that. Losing your mom like that. I don't even want to think about that. Nope. So... Luckily, now cyanide is, like, impossible to get unless you work in that field. And even then, I think it's monitored really heavily. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to try to buy it anymore. <laughs> it sounds way too scary. Like, it's a lot scarier than I thought it was. When I started researching it, I was like, oh, my God, we could all die. Like, really yeah, easily. right at any second. Another yeah. thing that could kill us any second, and we just have to live knowing that fact. Mm-hmm. Somehow keep going. You're welcome. Ugh. I don't know why I'm friends with you. Oh, right. Because you're awesome. Oh, thank you. Okay. So I thought <laughs> I thought we could do a quick, you know, wrap up session. If you don't want to hear us chat anymore about non-crime related things, you can leave. But I want to know what Brooklyn Nine-Nine character do you think you are most like? Oh, shoot. I always think like I'm a blend. I know. I am too. I'm a blend of like a lot of them. Do you want to hear mine? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to be Rosa, but I'm completely the opposite of Rosa. I'm a comedy. (laughs) I know. In my heart of heart, I want to be a tough, badass rocker chick who has no cares and will kick your ass and she's strong as fuck. But I'm not like that. I am a combination of Gina, but not as cool, Scully and Hitchcock, (laughs) (laughs) with a little bit of Amy Santiago just dashed in there. Oh, man. Do you agree? I agree with that. I, it's funny, but I really do. 
But, like, you're more competent in things than Hitchcock and Scully really ever could be. Yeah, that's why the Amy Santiago's in there. I'm anal a little bit. Yeah. I love learning. <laughs> yeah, because I definitely, I'm definitely got Amy. Mm-hmm. But you have Jake. And I think I've got, I've got a little bit of Terry as well. I, and Jake, Jake, I was going to say Jake just because I get really weird and really crazy. And then I don't like to grow up. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we're going to be children forever. And, and then I get really serious. So then it's like really serious and really kind of a little bit anal. And yeah. but then I've got like kind of like that motherliness to me where I'm just like always, no, we're going to do it this way. And I'm going to take care of all you people. And so I'm a little, got a little bit of Terry there. Terry don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but then Terry can also be like super weird and fun. I I love Terry. I love Captain Holt too. They're just yeah. such good characters. So you so you really do like the show? I'm I so love glad. it. I, the more I watch it, the more I love it. Yeah, that's how I was with Shit's Creek. And now I'm going to get um, some of my other friends to watch Shit's Creek. I'm so excited. <sighs> okay. They need a new show too. So I am obsessed with David. Yeah. David. David. Daniel Levy. David. Da- David Daniel Levy. Ooh, pause. Why? Did you want to do an epitaph? Or- that was our fun fact. Oh, that was the fun fact. Yeah. So in case you didn't know, because Stephanie clearly didn't, I did. Well, no, I thought I said pause so you don't have to. <laughs> We're not doing an epitaph. We are doing a fucking fun fact. I did a lot of research on cyanide. Do not disrespect me. I would never. Di- uh, no, that's not true. I disrespect you all the time. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah. So anyways, thanks for chatting with us. Let us know which character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Schitt's Creek or your favorite TV show you are because it's like one of my favorite things and I love taking BuzzFeed quizzes where I find out who I was going to say, did you take a BuzzFeed quiz? No, I I just, (laughs) no, I just actually reminded myself. I took a BuzzFeed quiz on (laughs) which guy in Gilmore Girls is your soulmate? (laughs) With Luke, yours? Kirk. I literally took it like two more times. I took it two more times because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then you got Kurt every single time? Yep, mean Kirk. BRB. He's super well-meaning and he's super good. I mean, just think of him with, what is it, Lulu? And he loves her so much and he does everything for her. And no, me and Kirk would be terrible together. He would try breakdancing in the middle of the kitchen and I would say, okay, get the fuck out. Uh, But you don't care when I do that. Okay, you know what I would do? I would go and I would take Kirk and we'd pretend to be lovers. And then I would grab his pig, his pet pig, and then take off running. (laughs) Speaking of Gilmore Girls, have you watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel yet? No. Oh. Are you done with Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Almost. The minute you are done. Don't do any, <laughs> pick it on a time where you don't have to do anything because you will not stop watching. It's written by the same people, uh, Amy Sherman Palladino, and it's amazing. Hmm. And it's feminist as fuck, and it's hilarious. It's so well written. It's so good. You have, oh, you have to watch it. Yay! All right, well, that's what I'm going to go do then. Okay. Thanks for listening. This was a weird episode. Hopefully you liked it. Otherwise, if get the fuck out. you got to watch it, a thank you for keeping on. Thanks for liking us for like who we are and not like what we do. Okay. I want to be liked for who I am. Why? Who wants to be liked for who they are? Because I am a dumpster fire. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you from the dumpster fires. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye.